you got your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. And uh, I just want to share with you something that God put upon my heart, even as I came. And uh, I want you to notice this story real quick, and we'll read it together. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. We're going to start in verse 8. And here's what it says. It says, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you don't pass by this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place which the man of God told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is, on, uh, is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is that I may send and get him and it was told him saying surely he is at Dothan therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there and they came by night and surrounded the city and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots and his servant said alas master what shall we do so he answered do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, oh, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and uh, he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You know, Elisha was a prophet of God, and you know that. Um, and one thing about in the Old Testament, prophets were considered seers. They were ones who saw into the spiritual realm, and were able to proclaim what God was doing that was going to invade the natural realm. So that here the prophet um, was able to see into the spiritual realm, and the will of God that was in heaven, he proclaimed it on earth. And it happened. Elisha was so tuned in to the spirit that he was hearing Listen to what it says here. He was hearing what the wicked king was planning. I'm going to say that's an awesome thing to be so tuned in that no matter what the enemy's doing, you're tuned in to what's going on. He's tuned in, and it says that he even it says not just once, not just twice, which means many times he would tell the king of Israel, "This is what's going on, and you better beware." How many are thankful for the Holy Spirit that tells you? Come on, that guides you every step of the way. Aren't you glad for him? And it says here that, that Elisha heard it and he told the king and the king would go out and check it out and he'd go, it's exactly as the Lord spoke to Elisha. And I love what it says. It says not just once or twice. In other words, Elisha was living, if I can say it like this, Elisha was living in the vertical. He was living in the vertical. He was living from the spiritual realm, and he was, he was literally defining the natural realm through what he saw in the spiritual realm. I love, Jonathan, as you led worship tonight, two or three of the songs, Open My Eyes, Lord. I mean, that was it. 
How many want God to open your eyes to see what he's doing? Amen? I do too. And it says here that Elisha was living, he was living in the vertical, he was living in the spirit. He was seeing what God was doing, speaking uh, to the point that the enemy was having zero victory. Come on, say zero. Come on, how many want to say about your life, I want the enemy to have zero victory in my life. Amen. That's what it is. He was having no, no success whatsoever. And, uh, and it was bringing radical change. It was giving victory right in the present situation. And the king of Israel was very glad, I'm sure. Amen. But it says that one morning, which I don't understand this because when I think things through, I think, how stupid was this king? If, if every movie made the prophet knew, wouldn't the prophet know? Anyway, doesn't make any sense to me. But how many know that, that the enemy never has good sense when he moves? He, 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 how many know he, he challenges God when he challenges you? Because if you're God's chosen, how many know his eye is on you? And it says here that, that, that when the servant woke up that morning and he got up, you know, probably got up early, he opens up the window of the house and he looks out. And he sees this huge army surrounding the city. And he wakes up his master. And I love what it says. He says to him, he says, Master, we're surrounded. What do we do? All he could see was the natural. He shared the obvious. Come on, we're real good at talking about the obvious. Come on, how many? That doesn't take much depth to go. This is the obvious. Um, because the servant, it says he was only seen, and I love Elisha's response. His response when he woke up and looked, his response was completely different. Because, listen up, he didn't live nor define. His life through the natural realm. Let me say it again. He did not live nor define his life through what he saw through his natural eyes. But he lived in the vertical. He lived in the spiritual. Instead of coming into agreement with what he saw, he spoke what his eyes was seen by the Spirit of God. And I love this. Elisha instantly contradicted the servant's viewpoint. I'm just going to kind of labor here for a second. Just He instantly contradicted the servant's viewpoint and said, you ready for this? There are more with us than there are with them. And how many know that the servant could count? There are more with us. How many know that when you begin to walk in the Spirit, how many know your responses are never about what you see, it's what you don't see. It's living by the promise, it's living by a realm that cannot be seen if you don't know and have a relationship with God. It's very clear here that the servant had a relationship, but not the kind of relationship that Elisha had. How many know, just because you hang around someone who's who can see doesn't mean you can yet. And it says here that, I love this, he said there are more with us than there are with them. Nothing that Elisha was seeing 
was visible to the natural eye. How about that's what vision's all about? How about as your pastor gets up here and he casts a vision, he's not just casting a vision that you can see, he's casting a vision that he's been shown. There's a big difference. It's things that he's seen by the Spirit. This church and all that you see here, this comes from generation after generation of men and women who stood up and said, this is what God is going to do, and things now are visible. And you have, I'm going to tell you right now, prophetically, you haven't seen anything yet. I say it to you, you haven't seen anything yet. And you're going to see God open doors, Pastor, uh, pastors. Listen, God, I mean, you haven't seen anything yet. I stood in here, and I could hear, and I, if I can say it like the prophet did, I could hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Listen, the I picked up your little, your little thing that says revival. Let me tell you something. Revival is here, and revival is going to overtake you. I say that by the Spirit. Yet even though there was nothing in the natural that could even back up what the prophet said, yet it was a true spiritual reality. You know, I have my cell phone here, and how many, all of us practice a spiritual reality, an unseen reality all the time. In fact, my daughter just says, I'm watching you. Anyway, hi, Sarah. Anyway, uh, so... I mean, how many have a cell phone? You have a cell phone. How many, there's an unseen realm right now. We're getting, there's information passing back and forth all the time. How many, that's just a, we, we all accept that. But let me tell you something. If you can believe this, let me tell you something. You better believe what's really out there. I love this. Elisha, listen close. Elisha didn't try to convince him. But instead he prayed that his eyes would be opened. He wanted his servant to live with the spiritual insight and vision rather than the, just the natural. He knew that until God opened his eyes, nothing that he was saying could ever be received. He knew that prayer was the only sure way of opening his eyes. I was so blessed this week at the conference with Pastor Mark Batterson. Wow. All of it was awesome, but I'll tell you what, the revelation of prayer and the circling yourself, I mean, what an awesome, I mean, what God's doing there. It so moved me. See, if, 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 if they would have lived off the servant's perspective, everything would have changed. How about when you live by the natural, your life takes on a whole different Hello? How about when you live by what you see in the natural? How about you can become discouraged? You go in bondage? I mean, you live from, you live, I mean, it begins to weigh on you. And I mean, the servant was completely fear struck. He was completely, I mean, I mean, he, he was going to miss everything because he couldn't see. It's the same with us. Now listen to this. Elisha, I want you to notice this. Elisha was more concerned with the blindness of the servant than he was being surrounded by the enemy. I better say that again. 
Elisha was more concerned about the blindness of his servant than he was all that his servant defined in the natural. Our greatest need is vision. All the way through the Bible it says they had eyes but they didn't. They had ears but they didn't hear. You see, the Bible's clear that without vision we perish. Proverbs 29, 18 says where there's no vision. Another translation, where there's no prophetic insight. Where there's no revelation. The people cast off restraint, they perish. You know, in Matthew 6, 9, when Jesus taught them how to pray, remember what he said? You know the Lord's Prayer, don't you? Our Father, come on, which thy, thy will be done on. Right away, the first thing that the Lord's Prayer does is do what? It gets you vertical. The first thing the Lord's Prayer does is gets your eyes on what? Our Father, which art in heaven. Now, I, knew, I know we know this, but let me tell you something, folks, that we can know something and not do it. I was riding in a friend of mine's car who's a mechanic, and the car was breaking down. He's fixing everybody else's, but not his own. I don't know. You can know something, but not do it. When Jesus taught his disciples, he wanted them to see that there was a spiritual realm, there was a true realm that they had to see, and they needed to begin to pray what? That that realm would come and invade the natural realm. See, when that happens, the increase of God's government is seen. In Psalms 37, 23, you know this, read out the Amplified, it says it like this. The steps of a good man are directed and ordered, established by the Lord. He delights in his way and he busies himself with his every step. Wow, how many want to get God busying himself with your every step? Wow, that's good. Now look at this. All of a sudden, when, when, when Elisha looked out, he didn't see, I mean, he didn't deny what the servant saw. He just saw something greater than the servant saw. He saw this huge angelic army surrounding. And he said, there's more with us. You know, there's, it's amazing, and I just want to give a quick testimony. It's amazing when you begin to have your steps ordered by God. How many know that when you have your steps ordered by God, miracles begin to happen? Years ago, I was, uh, I was getting done preaching on a Sunday morning, and uh, a friend of mine's, uh, uh, they just had the, their first baby. And uh, they called me up, and they said, I get this phone call right before church, and they said, um, the, our, our child's been born, but it's been life-flighted over to Children's Mercy Hospital, and it's, it's life or death. And so they said, uh, can you come right after church? And so I, I get right out of church, and, and I remember there was a playoff game going on, so I was warring. That's how spiritual we can be. Anyway, so I was going in, and I walked into the Children's Mercy Hospital on a Sunday afternoon, uh, one of the big hospitals in Kansas City for kids. And I went in there, and, and I got to the... Uh, to the uh, uh, intensive care unit. I got there and there's nobody there and I'm, I'm standing there kind of waiting for the nurse. Just can't walk in there like that and I'm standing there and all of a sudden this woman comes out of nowhere 
And she just walks up to me and she points her finger and she says, you're a pastor. I'm like, you know, yes, I am. And she said, the Lord spoke to me and said, the next person who walks through the door is going to heal my child. Okay, we're not, we're talking about the worst case in the city. And I said, uh, I'll be glad, I, I said, I'll be glad to come pray. I'm here for someone else. She goes, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. The Lord said the next person comes through the door. I'm like, okay. And then finally the head nurse comes in and she goes, what's going on? And we started talking and I, and I, and I'm like, okay. And she, and this woman says, you know, he's going to come pray. And I'm like, I'm going to come pray, you know, and she didn't know who I am yet, you know. And so, you know, so I come in and I, I'm washing up. And, I'm, and, I, and I haven't even got to see the man I came to see yet. He was there with the, I haven't got there yet. I haven't got for the person I came to see yet. And I'm, I'm washing up, and while I'm washing up, this woman comes right up to me, and she goes, I have one question to ask you. She goes, do you believe that we can take authority over Satan? And I looked at her before I could even think. The Spirit of God spoke, and I said, take, we have it. And she turned and went back, and so I went, I went and I went to see the man and his daughter, and we, I told him what's going on. I said, you know, it's not by accident or coincidence that you're even here. I said, I'm here because of you, but all of a sudden, there's another reason here. So if we prayed for his child, and by the way, that child's grown and is healthy, and nothing ever had. God totally turned it around. Anyway, we go there, and we went around the corner to the other side, and this child, the head of the child was three times had nine brain surgeries. Walked up, and we went over there and began to pray for that child. Because you know what? When you're led by the Spirit, you don't look at what you can see. You look at what you can't see. You know that your steps are ordered by the Lord, and you know that God has something bigger. And we prayed for that child, and, and she said, well, where are you from? I said, I don't even have a card. So I wrote down where and what church I am. I ended up being, a few weeks later, I was out of town. She came to the, she didn't go to our church, came to the service and testified how within 24 hours things began to change and her child was coming home perfectly normal and they said it never would. Let me tell you something, folks. God is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. I don't give the credit to me. I give the credit to God because God wants to use every one of us. We have to be led by the Spirit. We've got to be a people that quit living by the natural realm. Folks, if the devil can get you to live by these eyes, he'll rob you of your future. The Bible says, I hath not seen. 1 Corinthians 2.9, ear hath not heard. The things that God has prepared. Say, has prepared. Prepared means it's already ready, right? It's up to us to enter into it. Real quick, look at 1 Corinthians 14.1. 14.1, real quick, listen to this. I want you to get this tonight, real quick. Paul's talking about gifts in the church. Look what he says. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts. That's for all of us. Come on, say it with me. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts. Are you ready for this? Especially that you may prophesy. 
Come on, say especially that you may prophesy. You know what that means is? Especially that you would live by what? The foresight of God. That you live by the prophetic insight of God. He said, I want you to pursue love. I want you to desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you become a prophetic people who see by the eyes of faith. That you see the unseen. That you know that God is doing. I don't care what's going on. You're able to proclaim God is doing more than what meets the eye. You sang it, Jonathan. One of the verses, and I, I wrote it down, something about open my eyes to see that you're forming my life. Open my eyes to see that you're really behind the scenes working everything out for the good. This isn't just for prophets. This is for every one of us. The New Testament, all of us. Come on, say every one of us. God wants to give us prophetic eyes to see. Ephesians 1.17, let me read it to you quick. Paul said it like this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, verse 17, Ephesians 1.17, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may... No, come on, say no. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What's the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And it's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. How many, how many see what Paul was saying? Paul says, I want you to know that you can live in the vertical and you can change everything. If you look at the cross, how many of the cross is both vertical and horizontal? But you know what happens when you begin to be crucified? When the natural realm is crucified, he begins to what? He begins to alter your horizontal. Come on, how many of you take the horizontal and make it all vertical? Come on, how many want to see your horizontal get swallowed up in his vertical? That's what it's about. It's about living and letting God open your eyes to see. You know, we have a, a, a satellite church that we started a few years ago. And uh, we rented a building. We rented some schools. And then we, then we rented a building. And uh, we had this building. We put, a, I mean, we put some money in it and fixed it up and had it all. And we had a real, they came in and gave us a wonderful rental price for this place. Anyway, after the two and a half years into it, they come to us and try to double. These are Christian people. They said, well, double the rent. And in the meantime, we're saying, okay, Lord, and, and, I, and, and I have a friend of mine that uh, owns a music store. And one day, I felt like the Lord said, go see him. So I showed up to see this man, and out of the blue, he says, you know, I was praying for you, and I want you to come here. Takes me up to his marketing director, and his marketing director sits down with me for an hour and says, about, he's asking about this, our satellite church. And he's pounding me with questions and all this. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Then he says, I got one thing to tell you. You need to move. And I said, we can't move. We, 
there's no way, you know, how am I when you get settled? You can't. And he goes, no, I'm telling you, you need to move. And I'm like, oh, okay. It wasn't a few days later, they come and double the price. And I said, well, Lord, you know, at the end of the lease, they wanted, and I came in, I said, okay, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then they even sent someone who was a Christian to our service and said, the Lord said you need to keep this place. I mean, that's called spiritual manipulation. Anyway, and I said, you know, brother, I said, you know, I, I just don't know. And I said, we're praying. And anyway, in the meantime, we found another place in the exact place this man told me to look. Exact place came open. Are you ready for this? After all this mess, right in the middle of it all, God shows up. Not only did we get what we were paying, we saved over three years. Ready for this, what God did? We got a better place, better location, better everything for $38,000 less. You see, when man, how many when the enemy comes in to try to stop something, God comes in and says, you're never going to stop. When you're doing God's will, how many he's not going to let anything stop. He's going he's to be there. It's powerful. Come on, how many we have to have eyes to see? In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, it says, it says this, it says, therefore we don't lose heart. Even though the outward man's perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light of fiction is, is uh, working, it's but for a moment is working for us a more exceedingly weight of glory. Look at this, verse 18. While we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but things that are not seen are eternal. Amen. The servant couldn't see. And the prophet knew it wasn't the enemy that was the problem. It was having no vision. I'm going to tell you right now, the enemy's defeated. Our issue is not the enemy. It's us seeing him high and lifted up. It's us having eyes to see what God's doing. I don't care what you're going through. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all you can ask or even think. It's the truth. And I challenge you tonight to say, God, open my eyes to see. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what's going on in your family. I don't care what's going on in this country financially. Let me tell you something. God is bigger than all that. I don't care. I talk to pastors and what they're going through in their churches and all this. God is bigger than all that. He is so ready. And listen, the New Testament says all of us are called to have eyes to see. Amen. How many can believe that with me tonight? Say, God, open my eyes even more to see. Amen. I'm, ti I'm, tired, of, I'm tired of just seeing the obvious. I want to see the actual. I want to see what God's doing. Amen. I want to see what the Lord is doing. You know, I was at a, almost done. I was in a, preaching in, in, a, in a Kentucky. Uh, and uh, I was doing uh, some meetings there. And uh, I had uh, stopped at a uh, McDonald's and got a McFlurry with my nephew. He's a music director. And, and the McFlurry had a reaction. McFlurry was got food poisoning, and we both got so sick. 
And here we are in the service, and I'll be honest with you, I don't mean to be, I was spending a lot of time in the bathroom trying to, you know, anyway. And I mean, I wasn't feeling good. I mean, I was sick. Then I had to preach anyway. So I get up, and I'm preaching, and, 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 and all of a sudden, during my preaching, there's this one of the young girls that was on the worship team. I kept looking at her, and my spirit was just, oh, you know, like, what's going on? And, and I kept her to my look. I said, oh, I could just feel my spirit. And finally, at the end, even though I'm sick, and I didn't feel good, I walked over, and I looked at her, and I said, honey, the Lord's going to restore your innocence. And all of a sudden, this girl began to wail. She began to cry. And I began to share more. Because I'm going to know when God begins to show you what he's doing, it's bigger than what you've been through. And all of a sudden, she began to cry. I hear the, a woman in the back scream. I'm like, oh, no. You know, what's going on? I keep praying, praying and, 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 and anyway, this went on. This, one, this little girl, and she's probably 19 or 20, she's, she cried so much that her literally, it covered her clothes. I mean, she was completely broken. Anyway, get done with the service, pray for some of the people, got done, and I'm getting ready to leave, and I, I had to get out of there because I was sick still. <laughs> and, I, and the pastor says, I got to tell you about this, I got to tell you about this. Well, anyway, I had to get back, anyway. I was better by morning. Went back to the Sunday morning service, and she grabbed me. Listen to this. She said, this young the girl you had the word for, she said she came to her mother that night and said, this will be my last weekend at church. She said, she told her mother a few months back, she got on the Internet, was talking with someone, and gave them an address, and they hooked up, and they were sitting on the back of a truck drinking a Mountain Dew and when she woke up the next morning she had been raped she told her mother I can't live with myself for what I've done she said I just don't want to I just can't go to church I don't think I deserve it and you know something God comes in let me tell you something about God God looks at you and he said like that little girl he said she hadn't even told her father yet and her mother just found out that let me tell you something about God. He is so into your freedom that he'll do everything to bring deliverance to you. He will do anything and everything like that servant to open your eyes to see that he is truly high and lifted up. He is truly the God of all the universe. There is truly nothing too hard for God. And I saw God take that girl and rip that right out of her. You know why? Because when God moves by his spirit, you'll never be the same again. When God opens your eyes and his love touches you, let me tell you what it does. It'll wipe away the hurt of the past. It'll wipe away the bondage. It'll wipe away everything. It'll cause you to begin to see that you do have a future future. You do have a hope. You do have things he wants to do in your life, but it's up to us to say, God, open my eyes. The servant had to receive it. And so do we. I tell you what, I need my eyes open all the time. It's amazing how quickly the enemy can discourage you. Haven't you ever found that? Come on, everybody tonight, if you need your eyes open tonight, just lift your hands right now. The Spirit of God is here tonight. He is here tonight. You say, well, I'm seeing pretty good. Hey, 
the eye doctor's here. And he wants to give you vision. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, tonight that you are the God who opens our eyes to see. And Father, I thank you for each and every one, and you know exactly intimately where they are. And Lord, you love them, and you've called them, and you've chosen them. You've put your hand upon their life. And Lord, this night, we pray that Lord, open our eyes. Come on, pray with me. Open my eyes that I may see. Open my ears that I may hear. Lord, I'm going to live in the vertical. I'm going to live seeing, Lord, what you're doing, and I'm going to proclaim it in the face of the difficulty. There are more with me than there are with them. There are more going for me than there is against me. God, you are doing more than what my eyes can even see. I proclaim it that God is for me. Who can be against me? Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. And Lord, you said you're my healer. You're my deliverer. There's nothing too hard for you. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, tonight that we will be a prophetic people. Lord, that your church will rise up with eyes and say, I see him high and lifted up. I see God doing much more than I can even imagine. And I thank you, Lord, that tonight you are causing our eyes to see that you are truly doing more than we can even imagine. And we are, we are, come on, say, I am called to be prophetic, to have eyes to see what God is doing right now. Come on, right now. Come on, say it right now. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Derek. Thank you. Man, I am. Wow. 